Everyone has questions. Why am I here? Where will I go when I die? Is there really truth? But not everyone has biblical answers. Welcome to The Pastor Study, a ministry of pastorstudy.org. Join us now as we study the Bible to draw closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Here is Pastor Tom Brock. Welcome to The Pastor's Study. Back in the 1930s, a farmer got converted at a Billy Sunday evangelism meeting, and he said these words, On my farm I raise livestock, and there is not a person for miles around who would not go to great lengths to warn me if one of my prized cows was on the railroad track. Yet for 25 years, never a man spoke a word to me about my soul. I was raised in the church. I think I've been a Christian almost my whole life. But when I was 16 years old, I went to a party. And I remember a young girl coming up, you know, Tom, I hear you're a Christian. I've been reading this book about the second coming of Christ, and I want to become a Christian. How can I become a Christian? And I remember my exact words were, I didn't know. But a few years later, I took a course in how to share the gospel with people. It changed my life. What I want to do in this half hour is share with you the most important thing I ever learned, which is how to lead someone to Christ. So what, what I want to do on this half hour is talk about the mandate, number two, the muting misinformation, and then number three, the message. So let's do that. Let's, let's pray first. Father, we pray that you would teach each of us Christians now how to open our mouths and tell people about Jesus so that they might be saved. Come, Holy Spirit, and help each of us be a missionary. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Number one, the mandate. That means the command. Jesus gave this in Matthew 24, quote, This gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And Jesus' last words on earth, Disciples, go ye therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. So here's the, the, the mandate is this, the gospel must be preached. If somebody asked you, why are you Christian on earth? The answer is, the gospel must be preached. Here's a, a girl and her neighbor is concerned about her soul because the little girl never goes to church, doesn't know anything about Jesus. So he starts telling her about Jesus and the girl gets a little upset and she goes to her mother and this man keeps telling me about this and the mom got upset and said, well, next time he does that, you just tell him to mind his business. And the little girl said, but mother, he acts like this is his business. Christians, we are on earth, it's our business to share the gospel with people. I saw a picture many years ago in a Christian bookstore. I wish I would have bought it. It was an etching, actually, of an old preacher with his hands on the shoulders of a young preacher looking him right in the eye, and the words underneath the picture, preach the gospel. 
a while ago, I was on top of the pyramid outside of Mexico City. And you can hike up to the very top of the pyramid, and here were people putting their hands on the top of the pyramid to get the cosmic energy. And once I went to Sedona, Arizona, New Age capital of America, and I was on top of a mountain hiking, and here's the, the very top of the mountain, and people were putting their hand on this rock on the very top of the mountain to receive its cosmic energy. And I, I just stopped and I said a prayer for the people in Mexico City. I prayed for the people of Sedona. There's so much spiritual confusion. Christian, we need to preach the gospel. You know, I, I get a lot of emails for, because of this TV show, and a lot of people are fine, but now and then I'll get an email where someone is so spiritually confused. And Christians, some of this is our fault because we're not preaching the gospel. The first point is the mandate, the command is this, preach the gospel. Second point today is the muting misinformation. Now this is my TV control and it's got a mute button on it. So if I push the mute button, the sound goes off. <clears throat> I think Satan has three mute buttons that he pushes on Christians to keep their mouths quiet and not preach the gospel. Here's the first mute button. Number one, I'm not good enough. There's a lady comes up after church, you know, Pastor Brock, I think I better stop teaching Sunday school because, you know, I've got some things in my life that aren't right and, and maybe I just shouldn't be involved in Christian work. And I said to her, I think you've got to ignore that. If you've got to wait till you're perfect to preach the gospel, you will never preach the gospel. <laughs> um, the, the first button is, is, I'm not good enough. And I like this definition of evangelism. Evangelism is one beggar showing another beggar where to find bread. <laughs> Let me repeat that. Evangelism, sharing your faith in Christ with others. Evangelism is simply one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. Don't wait till you're perfect to evangelize, then you'll never do it. The second mute button, first mute button is I'm not good enough. Second mute button that Satan pushes to get our mouth shut, I don't know enough. I haven't been to Bible school. What if they ask me a question I, I don't know about? So I, I just better keep my mouth shut because I don't know enough. Wait a minute. <laughs> you remember the woman at the well? She was probably a prostitute. Jesus talks to her for just probably a few minutes. And she wasn't good enough. She didn't know all that much. But she goes back and she evangelizes her whole village. And they come to Christ. <laughs> so next time the devil tells you, you don't know enough, you're not good enough, remember the woman at the well. God used her anyway. Open your mouth. I think the third mute button, though, is the one that the devil really uses to keep our mouth shut. The third mute button is fear of rejection. Well, I, if I talk to them about God, they're not going to like me. They're going to think I'm a kook. They're going to think I'm pushy. It might wreck our relationship. So just because I don't want to be rejected, I won't open my mouth about Christ. I think that's the big one. And, and here, here's what I would say to that one. If you're scared to share the gospel with people, and I am too, you just pray, then God, 
fill me with the Holy Spirit, give me the boldness I don't have, and would you open a door, just somehow make it so it happens? <clears throat> I shared this story years ago, but I, 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 let me repeat this story. <clears throat> Always before I get on the airplane, I say a prayer, Lord, if it's your will, put me next to someone that I can share the gospel with. <clears throat> I'm flying to Cancun, Mexico. There's a young man sitting next to the window, a young woman sitting next to him, and I'm in the third seat. Plane takes off. They're, they're, they're a young couple going to Cancun. No, no, no wedding rings. And we start talking. And I start talking to the young woman, actually. And, and she finds out I'm a pastor. And she says, well, I'm a Catholic. I said, oh, yeah, uh-huh. And, and we talked and talked. And I'm trying to get the conversation around to the gospel. And it's just not working. And so I said a prayer under my breath, Lord, if it's your will, just somehow open a door and make this happen. And then we stopped talking for a while. And then she turns to me and says, well, pastor, what do you think about all this premarital sex going on in America? And I thought, well, there's a door. And I said to her, well, it is a sin. 1 Corinthians 6 says fornicators won't go to heaven. So if people are doing that, they need to repent and come to Christ for forgiveness and, and change, change that. She pulls her boyfriend's arm and she says to me, would you repeat that? I want him to hear this. So I repeated it and he didn't like it. He turned back to looking out the window. She and I had the deepest long talk about Jesus, the forgiveness of sins, uh, giving your life to Christ. And you know what she said before the plane landed? My Catholic mother begged me not to come on this trip, and I wonder if her prayers put you in that seat. My point is this. If you're scared to witness, talk to people, uh, then, then pray, God, would you just open the door and then wait and see what happens? And I'll say this too. Before I, I go on the airplane, I take these on the airplane. These are gospel tracts. Here's one on heaven and hell, and here's one on the four spiritual laws, and here's one for kids. And I stuff these in the magazine, in the airplane. <laughs> and then, often when I'm coming home, I often now get a Muslim taxi driver. And it's been coming up. I talk to them about who Jesus really is. He didn't really die on the cross. Judas didn't die on the cross. They think somebody got substitute. Anyway, uh, we get into it. And then I'll hand them, well, would you mind reading this little track? And they take it. So, so go to the Christian bookstore, buy a bunch of tracks. All right, we've talked about the mandate, preach the gospel. We've talked about the muting misinformation. You're not good enough. You're, you don't know enough. You'll get rejected. So finally, now, let's talk about the message. When you finally decide to open your mouth and tell people about Jesus, what exactly do you tell them so they can be saved? Well, here's the answer from Luke chapter 24. Jesus said, Disciples, thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and rise again from the dead on the third day. And here it is, that repentance for forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. If you want to convert someone, you say that we need to repent for the forgiveness of our sins because of the death and resurrection of Christ. Let me repeat that. Here's the message. Repentance and forgiveness of sins through the death and resurrection of Christ. In other words, you don't argue Adam and Eve. 
You don't argue evolution. You don't argue Jonah and the fish. You go right to the forgiveness of sins. I, I, I ministered to a man on his deathbed. I don't think he went to church, but I, I shared with him the forgiveness of sins through Christ's death and resurrection. And I said to him, take some time to be alone and talk to God about your sins. Ask God to forgive you and then put your trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. That's the gospel message. I'll, I'll, let me just share one last story here. But um, <clears throat> many years ago when I was a young preacher, you could still smoke on the airplane. And I said my prayer before I got on the plane. And I'm seated next to this guy in maybe his, his 50s. Plane, and he's very nervous. I don't know if he's scared of flying or what, but he's very nervous. <laughs> the plane takes off as soon as he can. He lights up a cigarette and Stuart as I'd like a drink and she brought him some liquor and and he says turns to me and he says well young man what do you do for a living and I said I'm a pastor and he looked at his drink and he looked at his cigarettes and said this always happens to me I've got this mother who's a Christian she's always praying for me that began a long deep talk about Christ and I shared the message. I said, well, let me tell you what is very important for me, for you or anyone to believe. I am a sinner. And he stops me. Wait a minute, you're a pastor. I said, yes. I am a sinner. I deserve hell because of my sins. But God loved me so much that God became a human being, lived the perfect life I couldn't. He went to the cross to pay for my sins so I could be forgiven. And I, I got, I, it's, it was so long and so, such a wonderful conversation. You know, he, he was a professional fisherman. He would take business groups out fishing. And, and he said to me, you know, I'll give you a free day of fishing if you'll just talk to me about these things more. And I gave him my phone number. Sadly, he never called it. But, you know, what, Paul says this in... Uh, 2 Corinthians 4, Paul says, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. That is, we don't normally aim at a person's mind or, or will or their emotions. We aim at their conscience. You know, haven't we all done things sinful that we know we're, we're, we're sinful about? You aim for their conscience. Don't you want to know how your sins can be forgiven? That is the gospel message. All right. I want to close now with a quote from David Brainerd. David Brainerd was a missionary to the American Indians on the Delaware River from 1743 to 1747, only four years. He died at age 29, but he left us his diary. And I've been reading this. Listen to what David Brainerd said in his diary. I care not where I live or what hardships I go through so that I can but gain souls to Christ. While I am asleep, I dream of these things. As soon as I awake, the first thing I think of is this great work. All my desire is the conversion of sinners. You know, you read his diary, this guy's on another planet. When do you even hear Christians talking like this anymore? You turn on TV and all, uh, the, a lot of the preachers is all about health and wealth and you getting perfect and you getting perfect health and process. No, no, we Christians, the reason we're on earth, number one, the mandate is preach the gospel. The three mute buttons is you're not good enough, you don't know enough, you'll get rejected, do it anyway. And then the message is the forgiveness of sins 
through the death and resurrection of Christ. That should be our heartbeat. And I, I'll show one more time the plaque on my wall. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. That is why we are on earth. Preach the gospel. Amen. Welcome to the portion of the pastor study where we now ask Pastor Brock to share with us his knowledge of scripture and his insights to answer questions we have regarding the Bible, our Lord, and our everyday walk with him. I'd like to invite you, if you have a question that you'd like Pastor Brock to discuss and answer for you, to send them to our website and we'll try to get to a question that you might have that hasn't been asked or a doctrine and we'd love to hear from you. So, but to start off today, mm -hmm. I've heard of the Kennedy questions, mm -hmm. but no one's ever really explained where they came from or yeah. what exactly they are. Yep. Jackie, the way I learned to share the gospel was through what's called the Kennedy questions. Dr. James Kennedy is now dead, but he's still on TV. <laughs> they keep doing the reruns. And he, had a, he came up with an evangelism program that take, took off all over America in the 1970s. And he had people from churches go door to door and say, can we ask you two questions? Number one, if you die tonight, are you sure you're going to heaven? A lot of people would say, hope so. Well, the Bible says you can know so. Question number two. If you died tonight and stood before God, and God said, why should I let you into heaven, what would you say? And 90% of the people will say, I hope I've been good enough. And then you explain, you haven't been good enough. We all deserve hell. It's only by Christ and what he did for us on the cross. Put your faith in Christ for your salvation. That, those two Kennedy questions, I use, uh, you can use that all, all kinds of places, all kinds of ways. So that's been one very popular way to evangelize. I never realized that, you know, that the, the questions actually came from a person that yeah. has that plan for you to yeah. be able to Jane, do Dr. that. Dr. James Kennedy, yeah. What are some of the salvation plans that you would recommend for people to share? Yeah, you know, let me just show, again, you go to the Christian bookstore and you buy a bunch of pamphlets. And then if you're at the, the, the uh, restaurant, with a good tip, you, lead a, you leave a gospel track. And uh, let me show just one more. The Four Spiritual Laws is probably one of the, the most famous and most used ones you can buy. Here's a little pamphlet you buy at a Christian bookstore on heaven and hell. This is what I gave the Muslim taxi driver. Um, here is one on Halloween, a Halloween quiz for kids. And you read it, and it shares Christ crucified and resurrected. I drop these. When kids come to, to Halloween, for, I give them candy, but I drop these in their little bags. Or, Jackie, here's a Christmas one. And you just say to your family, well, it's Christmas. Let's just read this through before we open presents or we have our meal. So there's all kinds of ways you can use these things. Or just, you know, you're, you're, you're on the plane talking to somebody, and can I just hand this to you? It's just a very important message that I like to share with people. You don't even need, need to say anything. Just hand them the, the pamphlet. Okay. Some people say that they believe that they share Christ by the way they live. Mm -hmm. They sometimes say, I don't necessarily need to use words. Yeah. Well, true? you know, Pastor, I, mean, I don't tell people about Jesus. I just live a Christian life. Well, wait a minute. I don't know about you, Jackie. I've never had anyone come up to me and say, 
Pastor Brock, you're so wonderful. I can just, by osmosis, know what the gospel is by looking at you. <laughs> it doesn't work that way. And St. Francis of Assisi, he did not say this, but people quote St. Francis as saying, preach the gospel, and if necessary, use words. He never said that. My, my point is, we need to use words. I mean, Jackie's like this. Let's say you have a miracle cure for cancer, and you've got it in your pocket. You go to the hospital. You go from bed to bed. You flop up people's pillows. You give them candy. You do all kinds of nice stuff, but you don't tell them about the cure. I mean, <laughs> we need to live the Christian life, but you have to open your mouth and say, Christ died for your sins, rose from the dead, because words are what God uses to convert people. Okay. Pastor Brock, I believe, too, that there is the fear of rejection for, from a lot of people yeah. that they, because of being rejected if they try to share. Mm -hmm. How do you overcome that fear? Uh, it's, this is what I do, Jackie. So I get in the, uh, I'm coming back from the airport, and I, Jackie, it's, it's normal now that my taxi driver is a Muslim. So I pray before the, the Uber cab shows up, Lord, just whoever is the driver, help me share the gospel. And Jackie, I get in the car, and sometimes it really comes up when we have a good conversation. Sometimes it just doesn't come up at all, but I've got the track, and I put it on his seat before I leave. <laughs> so uh, you, you just pray for God to open a door and open your mouth. Yeah. So is going door to door a really good way to do evangelizing? You know, uh, I, I read some survey, and there's listing 20 different ways to evangelize the least effective is going door to door it's much the most effective thing is to do it with a, a relative or a loved one or to be raised in the church there's all kinds of ways to get people to Christ gratefully because Jehovah's Witnesses and Mormons are not Christians and they go door to door gratefully that is the least effective way of sharing the gospel not saying we shouldn't do it I think some of the cults put us to shame but it's not a very effective way I think, though, that if you're trying to get people, like, say, to visit your church and mm -hmm. things like that, you want to go out in the neighborhood Nothing and knock on it. that door you and will. invite them and make them feel like that you want them yeah. to come. Jackie, when I was the pastor at your church for 28 years, I don't know if you remember it, we took the Jesus video door to door and handed the life of Christ on DVD or video to all these people. And I did it too. I was not at all comfortable, but I did it. But this is one way to share the gospel, is getting a TV show and doing this. So, And we can't thank our audience yeah. enough for all the support all that the you've given us for all these years yeah. that we've been doing this. That's right. um, Tom had hair originally, and I mine did. was not this color. So, <laughs> What do you think about street preachers? You, you know, I mean, they're brave yeah. souls. They are brave souls. And... Jackie, now and then you'll see a kook that's just preaching crazy stuff. But, you know, honestly, when I hear a see a street, street preacher, I, I, I listen to them. And often they're preaching the truth. I remember being in downtown Chicago once and just getting depressed. Just I was walking the streets filled with people, just wondering, anybody here know God? And I turned the corner, and here is this black street preacher wonderfully, with a microphone, not screaming at people, gently, lovingly preaching the gospel. And it just warmed my heart. So, you know, there's, there's street preachers and street preachers, but I don't think any, I think that's a fine way to preach the gospel. You know, Pastor Brock, why is it that Christians have the hardest time talking to their relatives about Christ? Yeah. Because 
That's true I for mean, me, too. I don't like to bring it up to a relative that I think they're doing something wrong or they yeah. need something else. Yeah. And the hardest people to share the gospel with are your relatives. And I, why is that? I think it's because we care for them so much. We want them to come to Christ. And when we see they're resistant, it's just, it's heartbreaking. So I think, and then you get nervous because, you know, you want to still stay there in their good graces. So, yeah, I think it's fear of rejection a lot of times. Okay. If a person has shared Christ with someone numerous times mm -hmm. and they don't seem that they're interested, should they continue or mm -hmm. is there a time when you just walk away and figure it's not going to work? I have shared the gospel with my family and they've heard it more than once out of my mouth. And then there comes a time when you are quiet and you just, and then you wait on the Lord and then sometimes you do bring it up again. But if they clearly heard the gospel and they're rejecting it, you don't have to bring it up every time you talk to them. You know, Jesus said, and talking about people that reject the gospel, do not cast your pearls before swine. Which I think means there does come a time, once you've shared the gospel, if people are continually rejecting Christ, you've done your job and you pray for them then. You don't ever stop praying for you them. You never though. stop praying. All right. Yeah. Okay. Um, what is the Holy Spirit's role? in people witnessing. Mm -hmm. Jesus said in Acts chapter 1, disciples, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and you will receive power and become my witnesses. Peter was a coward the night Jesus was crucified, the night before. And, but he turned into this bold preacher because he got the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts. So I think what we do is we pray, God, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me share you with one person today. That's something that, that's good to pray every morning. How do people know that they have the Holy Spirit with them, though? You we're going to do a whole show on that, Jackie. <laughs> we are. <laughs> yeah, well, how much time have we got? You, you'll, Jesus said, uh, excuse me, J Paul the Apostle said in Romans chapter 8, the Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. If you know your sins are forgiven, you know you believe in Christ, that's the evidence that you have the Holy Spirit. Okay. Well, we've got about 45 seconds mm -hmm. left, and... We've been doing this show now for 25 years? Uh, 26. Since 1988, whatever that is. Oh, 98, well, 20, 29, yeah. And we've done it because of your support, and we just want to thank you and continue to pray that God would be granting you his richest blessings until we're all together again next time. Thank you for watching The Pastor Study. You can watch more of our programs at pastorstudy.org. We are on the air preaching the gospel of Christ because of our generous support of you, our viewers. Would you consider supporting our ministry? You may do so at pastorstudy.org. Or write The Pastor Study, P.O. Box 41294, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55441. May the blessing of our one triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be with you today and always.